0: It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles and baseball
1: podcast.
0: Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris
1: cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How is it going, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. This is uh, an episode, Josh, that is absolutely going to be loaded, but... Before we get to all the fun stuff, allow me to bring in my co-host, Josh Schaefer, who's coming in from beautiful Arizona. So it's been a while since you've uh, you've been moving around, but you're now in Arizona. So how are things in Arizona? Are you able to uh, react not as severely as uh, I've been the last few days with all these news? Is Arizona preventing you from that or are you still uh, in full panic mode like I am?
0: No, 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 no. We're still, we're still feeling the same way. Um, I will say, um, the reason I'm here is actually for spring training. I just wanted to be really early, um, make sure, make sure we got here on time. Um, and uh, at the same time, I think I'm just kind of just late for the fall league. So um, that's why we're here. Um, no, but spending a few days before Christmas out here, um, and then going back to LA. But uh, yeah, you know, the last couple of days have been interesting. It went from actually a pretty big high. Um, after the Dodgers' most recent signing to a pretty low low after um, hearing who the Dodgers were not bringing back. So we'll talk about that today, um, and then obviously we've got something fun planned for for later, and there's just something that you and I have been very excited
1: about. I mean, Josh, if you are there ready for Camelback, hit up the team store because you might be able to get some discounted merchandise uh before christmas because i got a feeling like they might be uh unloading some uh jerseys and t-shirts uh out of the store because uh there's a lot to get to so yeah as josh alluded to we got a a pretty jam-packed show and of course after we talk about all the latest dodgers news today we are going to be getting to another draft and today's draft is going to be favorite christmas movies last week we drafted our favorite christmas songs but josh i'm more excited for this one favorite christmas movies because this is when you truly have like favorites christmas songs for the most part you like christmas songs it's just ranking the ones you like most but people have their christmas movies that they either love they either hate it's an interesting assortment but that's gonna be a lot of fun but before we get to the latest dodgers news and all that fun stuff make sure you follow us on social media wherever you guys are at inside the ravine we're on twitter we're on what instagram we're on tiktok we're on youtube i think that's the only social media out there i don't know if we're missing anyone's (laughs) anyone's out there in the uh In the verse, but you can also listen to the show where you guys ever get your podcast. We're on the Odyssey app because we are brought to you by Odyssey Sports. We're also on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts. So, Josh, we talked about this last week when we recorded and just essentially how it had been a pretty light offseason. Now, last week we actually did get some news. We did get the newest Syndergaard move. So that was at least somewhat exciting. We got a what, JP Fire or Fire JP Fire Fire, rising. Right? there you go. I yeah. still got to still gotta jot down some of these names, but it wasn't anything too spectacular, but at least we had some sort of news because the Dodgers up until that point had essentially not done a whole lot this offseason, been a very quiet offseason by all accounts, and all of a sudden now, I mean, they've really kicked things into high gear, especially the last couple days. Really, this weekend, Saturday, we had a pretty big signing that that was going to be the main topic of the show, and then Sunday... Well, it's not a signing that the Dodgers are getting. It's a, a player that they're losing, and that's going to be the focus of our show. So, Josh, instead of starting this show on a on a high note with the positives of this weekend, we unfortunately have to start with the negative. And unless you've just been, you know, traveling to the Bahamas and you just got back and you haven't really checked your social media, well, hey, Josh, I hate to be the, the you know, the breaker of bad news, but Justin Turner's time as a Dodger has officially come to an end. He leaves, signs with the Boston Red Sox for a pretty much a two-year contract, has a chance to be a one-year deal, but I think he has a player option, so he's likely going to be in Boston for two seasons. Josh, this is something I don't even think we talked about really at all this offseason. There were kind of some episodes where we talked about Clayton Kershaw potentially leaving, what that means for the Dodgers, what that means for Clayton Kershaw, but I don't know about you. I put the chances of Justin Turner leaving this offseason at maybe like, two, three percent. And unfortunately, it looks like uh, the two or three percent hit.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and you and I had had texted about this before we we decided to, to even schedule the show for today. And it was that this um, as somebody who not just grew up watching the Dodgers, but somebody who grew up in L.A., um, it, this one hurts more than losing Corey Seager or Trey Turner or any, or Kenley Jansen, or any of the other guys that have have left, or the fallen soldiers, as as you as you had referred to them before, yes. um, as um, on on um, in past years, because Justin Turner was an LA guy, grew up a Dodger fan, um, yeah. was just so invested in the community here too um, that this dude just lived and breathed Dodgers baseball, um, and he will forever go down as one of the most important players in franchise history you know he holds nearly every postseason offensive record for the Dodgers Um, he also has been hit more times not not most hits necessarily hit more times than any other Dodger ever Um, and uh, he was a fan favorite since day one and the fact that he came to L.A. Um, kind of in that you know, money ball kind of era of Dodgers baseball specifically, where the Dodgers were bringing in guys that were kind of unheard of. Um, he, his career had not gone to plan for him. Um, and he came in and not only revitalized his career, but became one of the most important and best Dodgers players ever. So that's what's going to be so disappointing about not seeing Justin Turner um, in a Dodgers uniform ever again. Well, not, maybe not ever again, but um, next season and potentially the year after is um how important he was for the franchise and for the fan base along with how good he was for the Dodgers in the nine seasons that he was in La
1: yeah I mean I like you mentioned how you brought up those names you know the Dodgers they've they've lost so many players you know over the years Cody bellinger this off season Corey Seeger Kenley Jansen you know Kike Hernandez guys that were part of you know that stretch of just dominance of the best Dodger baseball you've ever seen but those ones I the Kenley Jensen one, and I think Corey Seager, those two were the ones that you know really hurt because, again, they were lifelong Dodgers. But I think with those, we all kind of expected Corey Seager to chase the bag somewhere else. It wasn't really a surprise when he left. Kenley Jansen, there were you know hopes that he'd be coming back, but there was still everyone kind of thinking, he's probably going to get a solid contract somewhere else that the Dodgers can't afford. But this one just seemed like yeah he's going to take a hometown discount he's going to be back and that's what i personally thought i thought that they were just going to hold off until january or february when they knew how much under the luxury tax they were and whatever they were able to stay under they would give the rest to justin turner whether that was again 7 million whether it was 10 million i just figured that's how this would shape out and this really kind of escalated quickly especially after you know the signing on saturday but there was still money available. There was still still room available for Justin Turner. And then, yeah, Sunday, It's all of a sudden, the Red Sox just swoop in, come out of nowhere, give him a two-year contract for $22 million. And again, I, I think it's something where if he opts out out of next year, I think this year is for like $15 million. So he's still getting a pretty big payday. But, Josh, what I think this comes down to, because as of right now, I don't think we have an idea of what the Dodgers' final offer was, but I don't think this necessarily came down to money because whether you're getting 8 million, 11 million, you're getting a lot of money. I think this just came down to Justin Turner wanting to have an everyday role next season, which it sounds like he's going to get with the Red Sox and I don't think he necessarily would have had that everyday role with the Dodgers, so it looks like that was the difference maker. Do you stay home, take a discount and play less or do you take more money and go elsewhere and be an everyday player and that's what it sounds like Justin Turner did.
0: Yeah, and and you know, I think it's also um, worth pointing out that there are a handful of former Dodgers on this team already um, and it had been reported a little bit that the uh, the Giants, excuse me, um, the, the Red Sox had had some contact with Turner um, between him and some former potential teammates. Um, guys like you know, Kenley Jansen is there. Um, Alex Verdugo is there. Kike Hernandez is there. All players that he had played with in the past. So I'm not saying those are the guys. Um, at least I haven't seen any actual reports that said those were some of the guys who were talking to Turner. But um, there were some reports saying that some Red Sox players had reached out. Um, and obviously, he's going to go get a chance to play with three of his former teammates, um, and especially. A couple of longtime teammates in in a player like Kenley Jansen and somebody like Kike Hernandez. Obviously, he wasn't there as long as Justin Turner was or Kenley Jansen was, but but he was there for a handful of years, a little bit longer than than Alex Verdugo too. Um and it's been a few years since Verdugo was there. But um, guys that um he had all played with and won with and and and, and had these relationships with. So I think that, that plays a big part of it too. Um, and also uh, I, I do want to bring up Um, A point before we go into our first break, because I know that we're going to talk about um, the Dodgers most recent signing um, before we go to break. Um, So there is I kind of want to revisit this this topic again after we talk about that. Um, But but yeah, I mean, it it just depends on whether or not there was going to be an everyday role for him with the Dodgers. And it seems like the answer was no, Um, maybe to an extent in some way, shape, or form, maybe he would be at third, maybe he would be as batting as the DH, but I think the Dodgers most recent signing does kind of put a damper on those hopes for him a little bit, maybe not too much, um, but also with when these signings were announced or at least reported, um, then it makes me think that they're almost independent of each other. That's that's kind of how I view it. Um, And then, you know, as of 24 hours ago, the reported deal for Turner was 22 million for two years. Obviously, that boils down to eleven million per season, which uh, to me seems like a pretty fair deal for for the Dodgers to try to bring him back. But if Turner wanted two years essentially guaranteed, I feel like the Dodgers probably weren't going to be willing to offer that. I feel like they would have done one year. Um, and you know, he's somebody who said he wanted to be a Dodger, wanted to retire as a Dodger. So obviously, that is still a possibility, but I think it seems unlikely with him going to the Red Sox on a two-year deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it, it just it seems interesting because both parties were so invested in each other where it just seemed like it was a foregone conclusion. And yet, like you said, money pretty much isn't going to be the factor barring whatever happens the rest of the offseason. So, again, un- until Turner, I guess, has his like press conference and like actually says, the Red Sox gave me a chance to play every day, the Dodgers couldn't do that, and that was what was most important to me. So we'll have to wait and see. But Josh, I believe now... This gives the Dodgers three players remaining from their 2017 uh World, I guess, National League winning team, World Series appearance team. I think they officially now have the same as the Boston Red Sox, who have three players from that 2017 team. And I think the Giants also now have three players from that 2017 team, and Jock Peterson, Alex Wood, and Ross Stripling, so... It's not, it's not going to be long before there's going to be teams that have more players from the 27 team. Also, Josh, before we take our first break, with Justin Turner officially gone, would you like to take a guess as to who the longest-tenured Dodgers position player is now on the team?
0: I'm going to say it's uh, longest-tenured position player. Off the top of my head, two guys come to mind, um, and I'm going to say... Uh Austin
1: Barnes. And you are correct. Austin Barnes is now officially the longest tenured Dodger position player. By the time his contract's up in two years, I think he's literally going to have a decade with the Dodgers, which is going to like that's going to be one of those like trivia questions when we're like 60 and 70 years old. Like this Dodgers catcher played 10 seasons with the Dodgers and it's not who you think it is. So Austin Barnes, shout out to him. Yeah. So wait, how, many, how
0: long has it been with, uh so for it's been seven years for Chris Taylor and then which is crazy as well yeah it's so seven years with CT and then uh it's it's eight years with Barnes 2015 first season played 20 games
1: unbelievable wow hey Austin Barnes now's now's your time now's your time Josh before we take a break one one final thing uh what's your favorite Justin Turner moment from the uh from the past decade
0: yeah, that was going to be my question for you. I think the obvious one is the, the home run um, in uh, uh, at Dodger Stadium against the Cubs. I think that has to be at the walk-off. Um, you know, he was somebody who, um, even after that game, he had talked about um, the, the Kirk Gibson home run. Um, and he was young, but probably old enough to remember watching that on tv and i believe that he had talked about that too so i think that that's just such yeah. a cool moment to to have that walk-off win in that impactful game and obviously it didn't work out for the dodgers that year either um but yeah i think that has to be my favorite justin turner memory
1: yeah that, that's definitely up there for mine i'll go with the one from a couple years ago in 2020 when he did like that superman dive In what game five, I think it was, or maybe it may actually, no, maybe it was game seven. I, I get those games all mixed up during that bubble. It games five, six, and seven, all kind of lump into one. But when he had that Superman dive and pretty much turned the double play, the kind of shift in momentum, I think that one, but like you said, everyone remembers the Justin Turner home run against the Cubs. And obviously he had that home run against the Brewers. You know, what was it, a couple years later that was a difference maker? So the amount of moments he had in the postseason, the fact that he leads in essentially every category you potentially can, and, yeah, the fact that the Dodgers picked him up for free and he turned into the legend he is, yeah. Like, I tweeted this yesterday. He won't won't have his number retired, but I can't tell you how many. I mean, Clayton – Josh, Clayton Kershaw doesn't even have a day in Los Angeles, but Justin Turner does. (laughs) Yeah. So that just goes to show how big of an impact he left.
0: I also think the whole – you know, the all-star voting thing where people like really rallied around him and they had like a command center, like it was like an election night. Yeah. Um, Like I thought that that was cool. That's something that I think I'll look back on and think was really funny. Um, You know, another thing that I feel like we don't talk about enough is the fact that the guy has zero gold gloves and deserves to have multiple. He was just so unlucky at the fact that not only was he, you know, in the National League, but also in a division with a guy like Nolan Arenado for so many years too. Right. Um, so, but he was definitely somebody who I think would have been very deserving of not one, but multiple golden gloves and always just came up short because he was up against so many other phenomenal defensive players. But yeah, I mean, he just, especially at third base, like he just, there he did so many things so well defensively where he was just always kind of calm, just knock things down left and right, which I thought was really impressive for somebody who I always felt didn't have incredible range or incredible speed, but he was just he seemed like he was like a hockey goalie and could like knock down everything at third too. And I think that's a slept on aspect of his game.
1: Yeah. So he delivered, he brought it, you know, for nearly a decade. So this is a tough one, but Justin Turner, his Dodger career for now is over. Like you said, maybe he plays a year there, gets his money and comes back next year and truly accepts the David freeze chase Utley kind of role, which would be fantastic. So maybe he retires a Dodger. So we're going to take our quick break when we come back. We're going to be talking about a positive from the weekend and uh, potentially the reason that Justin Turner didn't come back to the Dodgers, so stay tuned for that. Alright, we are back from break, and Josh, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, this weekend it started out on such a high note, but then Sunday kind of made you forget everything that transpired over the weekend, so you could make the case that this signing is the reason the Dodgers didn't bring Justin Turner back, or, you know, you can be against that form, but essentially it kind of boils down to that. The Dodgers agreed to a one-year contract with J.D. Martinez, one-year, $10 million, so he's actually a cheaper option, than Justin Turner is, which is crazy to think about because he's a better hitter than Justin Turner is. But, Josh, you know, we talked about this last week, and one of our questions from one of our fans was, if you were an Andrew Friedman, what is the first move that you would do? I think yours was signing Dansby Swanson, which I don't even think we talked about that because <laughs> that also happened, yeah, yeah. I think, on Saturday as we, well. We so. didn't even think that was going to happen, though. Yeah, so so we didn't think that was going to happen, but that was going to be your uh, first move as Freeman. Mine was kick the tires on J.D. Martinez. Well, turns out they kicked the tires and they signed J.D. Martinez to a one-year contract. This is an interesting one, though, Josh, because this is a guy the Dodgers have been interested in for numerous seasons. But the reason they never really made a push was because he's essentially an everyday DH, something the Dodgers don't want to do. Well, it looks like moving forward, they kind of have no choice because you're not going to put this guy in left field. So the Dodgers pretty much have an everyday designated hitter. So what are your thoughts on uh, this signing? What were your thoughts when you heard the news?
0: Yeah, I mean, my first impressions were that I, I actually really, really like this for the Dodgers, especially one year um, and for getting him um, at the at the current price that they're getting him at. Um, but J.D. Martinez is a career 288 hitter. He's been fairly consistent throughout his career, has a handful of all-star appearances, um, a number of seasons with an above 300 average, uh, an OPS that's uh, relatively high uh, throughout his career. Uh, And, you know, no disrespect to Justin Turner, who was very good for the Dodgers for as long as he was. And like we said, one of the most impactful players in in team history, but he's a few years younger too. Um, So I really like this Um, going to school in Arizona um, when, J.D. Martinez was a D-back and was good for the D-backs, really good and good against the Dodgers, Um, kind of skewed my memory of him only being in Arizona for one year. Um, I remember him being such an important signing for the Red Sox, and I remember so many people thinking that the Red Sox, J.D. Martinez wasn't as big of a signing as as maybe Stanton and and, and Judge were in New York, and maybe they just couldn't compete. And then the Red Sox won a year later, Um, and Martinez was a big part of that. And uh, was an all-star, hit 130 RBIs that year, and hit like 330 that year. So won the World Series against the Dodgers. Um, And another piece of my memory that I guess has been skewed is I can't believe he's been in Boston for five years. I don't remember that at all. Um, I cannot believe it's been that long. Um, But now he's a Dodger, and the fact that he could essentially be the Dodgers everyday DH if, in fact, they so choose to put him there every single day um I think that's a huge get for the Dodgers. I mean, last year he was 34. He only hit 16 home runs, so there was a little bit of a decline there. He only had 62 RBIs, so a little bit of a decline there. But he hit 274. His OPS was at 790, which was uh one of the lower marks of his career, but um he's still a reliable player and he was for a Red Sox team. That wasn't great. And I think that you slot him in on the Dodgers. And I think it could be a pretty good signing considering you're getting him for less than you likely would have got Turner for. And the fact that throughout his career, he's been a reliable
1: player. Yeah. Like, I mean, you said he's been one of the better hitters in baseball for the last, you know, seven, eight years or so it's been a while. And the fact that a down season for him last year is, 40 doubles, having an OPS plus of like 117, 118. Like I said, only 16 home runs, but still he has power. He still has the chance of hitting 25, 30 home runs. And I think the biggest impact that he's going to bring is the fact that he's still pretty good against left-handed pitching I just went and looked up his numbers from last season he hit 319 with an OPS of 998 so just under a thousand so he still mashes left-handed hitting and the beauty with this signing night I think a lot of people just you know assume that he's going to be an everyday guy you don't necessarily need him to be an everyday player that's just going to clog your lineup on a day-to-day basis I think the Dodgers can still maximize the dh and utilize guys in different positions he'll be an everyday guy for sure against left-handed pitching but if there's a righty on the mound i think you can give him a day off make will smith the dh make chris taylor the dh or hell even if you want to risk putting jd martinez in left field for one game i i think it's easily worth the risk so i know a lot of people think that by making the signing you're just essentially forfeiting your dh but with how the dodgers lineup and roster is currently constructed without you know, Justin Turner being able to give him consistent days off, I don't really know how the Dodgers could have really maximized and utilized the DH next year because they essentially have everyone playing where they're going to be playing. You don't really need to do a lot of moving around, so I, I, I think it's a fantastic signing. Again, it's a very low-risk, high-reward kind of move because it's a one-year deal, so if he's a bust, you just move on next year. And it's for only $10 million. I mean, he's making less money than Justin Turner. He's making less money than Joey Gallo is going to be making. Now, Joey Gallo, maybe with the shift being banned, he's going to be able to be a better hitter. But the fact that J.D. Martinez, who was an all-star last season, hit 40 doubles, had a significantly higher OPS plus than league average, is getting paid less money than Joey Gallo. Uh, Give me that uh, 10 out of 10 times, because I will gladly take that bat in the lineup. For a Dodger lineup that desperately needed an additional bat he had 40 he had
0: 43 doubles last year and was an all-star but the year before that he led major league baseball in doubles with a lower total than he had last year um so i mean he, he's got that kind of gap to gap power as well um he can shoot baseballs into the gaps too and i think that um especially with the Dodgers hitters that are already on the team depending on where you slot JD Martinez into the lineup um i think the dude can rack up elite rbi num- totals again like he did earlier in his career um not saying he's hitting 130 um like he did the year they won the world series in 2018 with the with the Red Sox but um depending on the players that you slot above him in the lineup, I think that JD Martinez is going to come up and be pretty clutch for the Dodgers in the long run, especially given what he's signed for, you know, one year, 10 million. I think that's a steal. I mean, I think that's, yeah, I think that's... like, like, like you said on our last show, if you can go out and you can get him on a one year deal for cheap, like that would be incredible. And I think that's a great deal. And, and it's just it. The only damper on it is that the Dodgers don't bring back Justin Turner who likely would have been playing in kind of a similar role. So that's what I wanted to bring up when we were talking about JT as opposed to JD, how much of an impact does the Dodgers signing JD Martinez in your opinion have on them not signing Justin Turner?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I still think that it, it definitely could have happened, but it's just, it, it would have been Justin Turner being a bench piece, which I think by signing JD Martinez, you're pretty much giving a guy a guaranteed seventy-five percent of the starts. So I, I I do think that by them signing JD, it kind of pretty much told JT like, listen, we're content with this. If you want to come back for a lesser role, that's fine. But we're making our move, so it's your call now. So I do think it led to him signing with the Red Sox. But at the end of the day, I still think regardless of the move, it was Justin Turner's decision. And again, until he comes out in his press conference admits what exactly the reason was, we just won't know for now. But yeah, I I don't think that, because again, a lot of people, even on Saturday, when I saw this signing, they were all saying like, well, that ends it with JT, that pretty much cuts ties. But I didn't think so. I, I still thought because the Dodgers still need to improve their bench. And again, you don't have to necessarily start J.D. Martinez at DH every single game. Justin Turner could still see two starts a week, three starts a week. So... I didn't think it ended it, but I definitely think it was kind of like the uh, the pushing, pushing factor in it.
0: And obviously he still could certainly play third base as well if the Dodgers were to bring him back. And another thing that I think of why – sure, maybe it is part of the reason why the Dodgers don't bring him back and why he chooses not to come back. But I also think – I agree with you. I think that it was his choice. It wasn't the Dodgers. Um, and I also think that with the way that the two signings were reported, first J.D., and then tw- less than 24 hours later, right? Um, it was reported that Justin Turner was going to the Red Sox. I feel like that is too small of a window for there to be a big switch or something like that where JT's thinking he's going to be a Dodger and then within 24 hours the Dodger signed somebody and he's like, well, then I'm out. I'm going elsewhere. I, 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 that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so so I, I see it as Justin Turner likely having that thought of, okay, I think I'd like a chance to be a more everyday player. Um And I don't think that puts a damper on his time with the Dodgers whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's probably no hard feelings on both ends unless there was an absolute Mm. just fallout that we don't know about. And I I do think Justin Turner kind of had this expectation once the Dodgers declined his player option. They probably told him, like, hey, listen, we want you back. You're going to be getting less money. We're probably not going to be able to offer you that much money. And based on how the offseason shapes out – we're likely not going to be able to guarantee an everyday you know, spot in the lineup. So he probably knew this. He probably was kind of preparing for this for the last month. And then, again, once the J.D. thing happened, they probably went to him and said, okay, listen, this officially ends your chances of being an everyday player. These are your options. So I think that's probably what happened. But one final thing I want to just throw out there on J.D. Martinez, he closed out the 2022 season doing pretty damn well. So his final 27 games over the final month of the season – hit 290, OPS of 915, 6 home runs, 7 doubles, 13 RBIs, so over that final month, he was heating up, and he was kind of looking like the J.D. Martinez of old, and if you go to his baseball savant page, his expected slugging last season was 87th percentile, his barrel percentage was 87th percentile, his max exit velocity was 78th percentile, his uh, expected weighted on-base average was 84th percentile, so some really solid numbers that you like to see in the red and again that's by having a down season by his standards where he's still you know in the upper echelon of one of the better hitters so i i still love it i think it's a great signing by the dodgers hopefully dodger fans don't hate it because they think jd martinez is the reason justin turner isn't back but i i think like you said josh the rbis that are going to be there so if you put him at number four in that lineup number five he's going to be bringing guys in he doesn't have to hit 35 40 home runs if he hits 25 homers next season, but he's going to have a number of chances to deliver with guys on base. So I I like the signing. In my opinion, this is the best signing of the Dodgers uh, offseason so far.
0: I agree. And my own little personal anecdote about J.D. Martinez before we move on to uh, our our next thing. Um, Remember a couple years ago, he had that four home run game against the Dodgers. And then the D-backs decided to do these little giveaway shirts at Chase Field against the Dodgers of all of the, the home runs that he hit at Dodger Stadium and, like, the, the trajectory and and the lines and the distance and all that objectively. It was a very cool shirt. And it was actually, like, good quality. Like, it wasn't, like, a cheap giveaway shirt. And I remember in a class um, at at the Cronkite School at ASU, we were doing some sort of, like, project or whatever. Whoever, whichever group was the best was going to get, like, a couple of these shirts my group won, and I got one of these shirts, but obviously I didn't want it for very obvious reasons. So I joked that I was going to throw it away, but I ended up giving it, giving it to a Diamondbacks fan who was in our class. And, uh, and that's my personal anecdote for J.D. Martinez. And now, what is it, five years later, he's going to play for the Dodgers. And I, I'm excited to see what the Dodgers do with him, especially on the deal that they got him for. I think it's an absolute steal.
1: Now, Josh, before we do it to break, I I guess we should just briefly discuss the other trade the Dodgers uh, made last week, and that's for Yanni Hernandez, who was acquired from the Oakland Athletics in exchange for cash. He's currently on the 40-man roster, which another thing, Josh, uh, the J.D. Martinez move can't be official yet because the Dodgers 40-man is currently at 40, So either they're going to have to make a trade or they're going to have to DFA someone. Jake Reed, come on down for your fourth or fifth time being DFA'd by the Dodgers. But as of right now, uh, Yanni Hernandez is on the 40 man. He's expected to be one of the bench pieces at this current moment. And Josh with a career OPS plus of 48, no career home runs and a 198 average. I don't know how much more I can really add to the uh, Yoni slash Yanni Hernandez uh, discussion we have here.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has played played in in, uh, 55 Major League Baseball games, 43 with the Texas Rangers, and 12 last year for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that's all I can contribute to the conversation at this point. That's pretty much it. Yeah, so, I mean, so,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, apparently, yeah. Josh his his nickname is the mosquito. So there is that. I love it. I love it. I love that I because love uh, that. he is five foot nine, one hundred and forty pounds. I love, I love that. I love that. Which is, I think, what I was probably my freshman or sophomore year of high school. So, Yanni, I, I guess, Josh, if there are any positives you want to take away from this is the fact that apparently he's really great at getting on base. He walks a lot in the minors. He always had a really high on-base percentage, and he's really fast. I mean, in 2018, stole 46 bases. In, let's see here, what, 2022, he stole 30 bases in the minors. So he's fast. He gets on base. But aside from that, I don't think he's sitting the ball out of the infield. So... Maybe he sticks with the Dodgers, maybe he doesn't, but we just had to throw that uh, other move in there, Josh, because uh, Yanni slash Yoni Hernandez is a Dodger who is probably going to turn into Max Muncy 2.0, and we're going to look at back look probably back like at this that. a year later and say, wow, we were off. So uh, that wraps it up for the latest Dodgers news from the past week, the busiest week of the offseason so far. We'll take it, but we are going to take our final break, and when we come back, we are going to be having a very, very fun draft. Alright, we are back, and it is time to wrap up our show with a brand new draft. If you guys listened last week, you probably have an idea of where this draft is going to be going this week. Last week, we drafted the best Christmas songs. This week, we're going to be drafting the best Christmas movies. Josh, I will say this, though. Unfortunately, unfortunately by by your end, you didn't come out on top with the Christmas songs. Looking at the poll, after 4.2 million votes came in, 69% to 31%. However, Josh, the amount of people that... That's still still a lot lot of votes for votes for me, though. The amount of text and DMs I got saying that they're voting for you because of the Adam Sandler Hanukkah song was extraordinary. Really? People loved the pick. I mean, there must have been like 10 people I heard from that were like, I am voting for this because of the Chanukah song. And I was like, man, they have a cult following. Apparently it's that. But I I think Miss Mariah Carey may have uh, potentially brought in a couple votes on my end. But the good thing is, Josh, with our Christmas movies,
0: I'm I'm sorry, guys, that is a bad song. It's a bad a bad bad song.
1: It's okay. It's overplayed. I will give you that. It's overplayed. And she is not the queen of Christmas. No matter what anyone yeah. says, Mariah Carey is not the queen of Christmas. I couldn't tell you who it is, but I, I don't think it's her. Not so, her. Josh, we are going to be drafting our favorite slash the best Christmas movies. Again, this is going to be a fun one, but because I had the number one pick last time, that means you get yourself the number one pick, and I'm very excited slash interested to see where you go with this because I think I told you this last week, I personally have a 101. But so many people have different versions of what their favorite is. So Josh, I'll let you take it away and kick off our draft of uh, favorite Christmas movies. So yeah,
0: yeah, this is this is a tough one, and and I'm gonna go this direction just because I think you will. I think you will. So with my one one, you know, if I miss here, Blake's getting his one one. So, but I'm gonna take a shot, and I with the first pick of the draft.
1: I'm taking Elf. See, that that w- I was 50-50 on it. I thought you were going to go one way or the other. Elf was the one I thought you were going to go. That's not my personal favorite. Mm, but wow. Wow. I know that Elf is a lot of people's favorite. Wait, I know what yours of- is, actually. Yeah, a lot of people love Elf, so I, I think that's a great pick. I mean, had you taken what my personal favorite Christmas movie is, then elf would have been a no-brainer for me i I think that's you know you can't go wrong with that pick but my personal favorite christmas movie i watched it the other night you watched it about a week ago and that's christmas vacation i love it i i (laughs) it's just so good i i think it's the funniest christmas movie there is and there are just so many memorable moments and i just always love watching it so that's my personal favorite I know a lot of people enjoyed it as well, but Josh, again, th- that was the beauty of this because I knew I was either going to get my favorite movie or I was going to get a lot of people's other favorite movie. But I- I'm personally happy that you let me take my favorite. So now that that's out it of the way, I'm very out interested. Out it, yeah. I'm very interested to see where the rest of this goes because I jotted down about 15 movies because I, I think there's going to be some that are sniped. So uh, let's yeah, see uh, yeah. which direction this goes. Is it safe to say
0: that Elf would have been your second pick?
1: Oh, 100%. Okay, because like, Christmas like a,
0: vacation would have been mine, have
1: been so. Mine. Yeah, because so. like I said, go if, go if you right. if you would have taken Christmas vacation number one, it would have been an easy decision to go with Elf for me, so that's right. why I wasn't too too upset, because I knew I'd be getting one or the other.
0: That's my, that's my 1A, 1B, so, uh, and I did, you're right, I did just, I don't know if I mentioned that on the show or if I told you personally, but. I did bring that up the other day. Um, so for my number two pick, I have to go with a classic here. It is not one of my personal favorites. It is a good movie, but it is not one of my personal favorites. Um, but I think could score me some points here. I'm going Christmas Story.
1: Yeah, and I figured that's the route you were going to go as well because that was the one that I had lined up next. Christmas Story is a weird one because there are people that like either just love it as a staple of Christmas, but a lot of people I've learned – don't really like the movie that much, which I kinda get it's kind of a weird one, but yeah, I love Christmas Story. Every year on Christmas Eve when it's running for twenty four hours straight. I always just love having it on the background and seeing whatever scene comes up. So yeah, I'm I'm upset you want Christmas story because I thought you might let that one come back to me, but I respect it. Uh I'll let you have that one. So with with you picking, you know, two big powerhouses right off the bat. I got to really look at the way I approach the rest of this draft and this one, it really, the last few years has been kind of creeping back up, you know, into my top five. I love this one, but if you were to ask any person off the street, like what are your five favorite? I feel like a good amount of people are going to have this one in there and I'm going to go with home alone, home alone. I, I, like I said, I'm really starting to enjoy it more and more every year. It's a Christmas classic who doesn't like Home Alone? So uh, I'm going to uh, go with that one. Now, Josh, if you were in his a- shoes, I just want to know, are you able to make it out alive? Are you taking oh, down yeah, yeah. the two robbers? Okay, we
0: got to remember gotta that the, remember two, the robbers two robbers more. here are dumb, and one of them is Joe Pesci, the, the man, by the way. Joe Pesci's great, but not in these movies. I mean, he's not not smart guy. And I don't remember who the other one is played by. I, but one of them is Joe Pesci. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm making it out. Also, directed by Chris Columbus. Do you know who that
1: is? Well, of course I do, Josh. Of course I do. He, uh, not from 1492. Is the... <laughs> now, Josh, I will he's say, not there, not do you know his production company is 1492 Productions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's do you know fantastic. what else he's directed? What else directed? Well, I know he's done a bunch. I think he did, like, what, the he's original Harry, Harry Potter? Potter. Yeah, they did the first yeah. Harry Potter. And I think I was watching uh, a movie the other day, actually, is with the Cranks, a potential honorable mention. I think he had something to do with that movie as well. So, hey, man, Chris Columbus, he's uh, involved not only with uh, historical expeditions in the 1400s, but uh, putting together some of the best Christmas movies of our lifetime.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so now we've each picked two. Okay. Third pick for me. Um, and I'll give it away right now. There are some Christmas movies that are up for debate on whether or not they are Christmas movies. Now, for the most part, I want to stay away from those movies. But this one, I think, is a clear-cut Christmas movie because it has Christmas in the name. It's not called The Nightmare Nightmare Before Halloween. It's called The Nightmare Before Christmas. So I'm going with Jack skellington himself Skelling, Skelling jack skellington yeah what, once you sounded weird the first time, <laughs> the first I, said time I said
1: it i i thought you were going a certain direction and then you, yeah I know. you uh you i thought you were going straight there and then mm-hmm. you I can't, I can't, I can't. you got off you uh got on I the off ramp and you uh got off yeah. and then i knew exactly where you were headed that's a debate that a lot of people i know like to have is it a hall it a halloween movie a christmas movie but like you said it's not A Nightmare Before Halloween. It's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Personally, exactly, uh, it's tough to admit in this household because my girlfriend loves this movie. I'm not a huge fan of it. I, I'm just, really? for some reason, not a huge fan of it. I, I've tried. I've given it chances. I love The Ride of Disneyland. But I, I mm-hmm. just, when she watched it this year, but I will say, Josh, she watched it during Halloween time. She oh, hasn't watched what? it during Christmas time. So it's interesting there yeah I might, I might have to bring it up and ask why that's the case but i people love it i mean people they love jack skellington or skellington or whatever like you said his, his yeah, name is yeah. i think not really entirely totally sure but i like it yeah i i like it so this i mean this is a this is a good draft because josh i did have that one on my list i had it as one so i've been just checking checking movies off left and right so far with this draft but I got to get a classic on here. I got to get a classic so far. I want to make sure I leave with one of the classics. And it's one that you got to watch every year. And apparently I found out yesterday my uh, cousin's husband has never seen this movie, which he's like 30. And I was like, how in the world is this even possible? And we all just pretty much shunned him over it because it's hard to believe. But I'm going to go with the all-timer Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm taking it with my third pick. I mean... You could have. I mean, people were upset at us, Josh, but not having Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in our songs list last week. So by not having it in the songs, got to have it in the movies. So I'm gonna go with a good old Rudolph there at number three.
0: That it's a good. That's that was a movie that I grew up on. So that, I watched it every year, multiple times. Um, that's a good one too. Um, for my for my fourth pick here. Um, I think I have to go with another classic one and another classic animated one. And that's going to be the –
1: it has to be the original. The original How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay. Yeah, I I was going to ask which one are you going with because I had the Grinch jotted down. But I guess you have to emphasize, Yeah, are you talking about – the original, which I think is from the 60s or something like that. Or yeah, yeah. are you talking about the one from 20 years ago with Jim Carrey? Or are you talking about the one from a couple years ago that no. used Tyler, the creator, as no, the voice not. of the Grinch song, which I don't know if you've heard that song, Josh, uh, the Grinch rendition by Tyler, the creator, but it's it's a banger. You should uh, you is should it? listen to it? it because we, we still try to figure out, did the Grinch production crew come together and say tyler the creator is who we want to be the singer or did tyler creator have just a life goal of his to have a christmas song uh, about the grinch it's one way or the other but great song so you're going with the uh, original classic the grinch again to double check yeah yeah i'm
0: going with
1: the original with the original yeah, I, once just, again, I just think
0: that was more classic right and i think that one's probably going to get me more votes like i think if people see like what's going to get what's going to grasp people is it going to be the jim carrey one and they're like oh yeah like how the Grinch stole christmas or are you going because i think you immediately go to the old one the original one so yeah i'm gonna pick that one i don't i don't i don't I, it's good because it's original like it's cheesy right like it's very corny like it's yeah. whatever yada 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 but the uh, I think that the I Jim Carrey one's a little Gary cringe at some points, point, but it's, it's also, really funnier. also funnier. Like because like, Jim Carrey, the, the way that he, you know, right, just the way that, he, the is that he is, is as an as, as an actor is actor is funny, funny naturally. naturally. So, I think that so I think that they both have their both strengths have their and weaknesses. Strengths. But I'm going with the original.
1: Yeah, and again, Josh, that one was on the list. So you have yet to pick one that I just didn't have on the list. So I've I've had to cross a number of them out. So. I'm looking right now, and I have four uh, choices that are still left on my list, and it's just, again, a matter of figuring out which way you want to go. I'm going to go one route because I feel like this one has a strong fan base behind it. I feel like a lot of people just have a soft spot in their hearts for for these movies. Personally, uh, it's a, I'll say it's a trilogy, which is odd when it comes to Christmas movies, so we don't get too many of those, but... A lot of people love them. I'm going to go with the original 1990s The Santa Claus with oh, Tim good Allen. Good
0: movies. Good movies. Yeah, has so, a wait, show now. I haven't them? seen
1: the show. I haven't seen the new show, but. You don't need to watch the, show. To watch the show. Nobody can Yeah, I'm passing on the show, but I, I like it. Good movies. Good movies. The first two. The third one's a little weird, I think. The
0: first two are phenomenal. That's so. Everyone know. Everyone has different ideas of what Santa is like. For whatever reason, growing up watching that movie, I was like, "No, that's Santa. That's him." So, Tim Allen is Santa. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Um, So this is my last pick, right? Yeah, this is my last one. Yes. Yeah, just to confirm, yes. Um, So this is a tough one. Really tough. I think. As as these drafts usually go, I usually end with my fifth pick saying, my girlfriend's going to be mad at me um, because I really like one movie that I'll mention after you pick yours, which was an honorable mention for me, but I have to go with what most people consider to be the
1: best Christmas movie of all time. It is not Dude, one of my favorites. Don't, don't you – wait a second, Josh. Hold up here. Hold up here. Hold up here. I did not just let this one sit in the back burner. All the way to my final pick. Assuming that you would just gloss over it. Thinking you probably are just going to let this one slide. I did not sit here. Not take it with my fourth or third pick. Just to be, play it safe and get it. Because you know. I want to get these other ones. Are you really going to pull the biggest shaft on me right now. And take the movie I, I think you're taking. And completely mess up my number five. And throw this draft absolutely down the drain for me. It is not it is one of my top four my favorite, top favorite Christmas movies. movies. It might come in at five. Bro, I've, I've
0: never... The meaning. The meaning behind the meaning this movie.
1: Behind this movie. You, no. <laughs> I'm taking it, it's, a it's a wonderful life. Josh. 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 <laughs> is that what you were going to say? Gonna say? It ha- it's literally been locked and loaded <laughs> as the finale you wrap things up with a classic this is is unbelievable
0: I, I, first of all, I can't believe you waited this long. Like, I totally understand your first pick going elsewhere. I understand your second pick going elsewhere, but it, it's got to be at least three. Now, I went with my gut and picked the other ones because I like those ones better. But like for me, this is five. Like, it can't. It, for me, it's not higher than five. I can't believe you let it slide this far. That's true. That's
1: true, bro. I didn't. I just didn't think you'd go that route. I, I thought you'd do some stuff where you throw Die Hard in there. I, I thought you'd no, throw some of these other I, I, I randoms in there. there.
0: I can't go the Die Hard. Oh, I'm sorry for those of you who are big Die Hard guys. I'm not saying Die Hard's a bad movie. I just would if, if I'm talking Christmas movies, Die Hard's not there for me. Like Paul Blart Mall Cop, for me is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> like, sorry, but it's not.
1: It's not. Oh, I. I mean, I am. I guess. I mean, yeah. I should have you know, taken taken that with the third or fourth. I I just figured again. It would be sitting there waiting for me with a bow on top. It'd be a great finale. I would close things out. So now, I I mean, at this point, Josh, I don't know what to do because you've taken probably everyone's favorite. You've taken a a classic. The the
0: Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is still there. there. Um, The Lego Star (laughs) Wars holiday special is still there. I mean, you've got some good options. (laughs)
1: sure hey man thanks for trying to make me feel better that's that's <laughs> so wonderful of you well boy i'm just trying to think sorry, now what's out there that can potentially save save this say, at the I end say there's
0: two there's two really good ones <sighs> i just oh the, the multi christmas special
1: <laughs> i used to watch that, Ooh, that is year. that is a good one i, I will say that that's is that is a great viewing every year so i let you know i Watch Christmas with the Cranks the other day. That's a great one. Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's a uh, that's a personal favorite. I will say, Josh, you might want to add this one to your list. Daddy's Home Two with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg came out a few years ago. It's a, a solid solid Christmas movie. You're gonna count that? that? I'm I'm, I'm counting. Well, I'm counting that as a Christmas movie. I'm not doing, I'm not picking it. <laughs> I'm not picking because I feel like a lot of people wouldn't even know what that movie is. But all right, I'm. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to stall time because I don't know what to do. I did not think we would get to this point. Okay. (sighs) I was going to go with Home Alone 2 to knock out both Home Alone movies Mm. because I know a lot of people like Home Alone 2 more than Home Alone. Personally, I low-key like Home Alone 2 a lot, but I'm not going to go that route. So, you uh, take my classic unfortunately all right. all right so i'm gonna to have to go with another classic and i'm gonna go with probably the most well-known christmas story there is and that's gonna be a christmas carol a so i'm gonna wrap it up with that one i don't think it's gonna do much uh, much favor for me but hey I, I got a classic in there along with my rudolph i'm gonna go with the christmas carol which by the way josh there was a new christmas movie that just came out the other week called a uh, spirited with uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, where it's pretty much a Christmas Carol, but a musical version. Wow. So wow. There you did go. Did you see that? Did you see it? I did. I I did watch it with the girlfriend, and I oh, really liked it. And you know what, Josh? Yeah. Speaking of my girlfriend, I hear her right now in the background. I just got a text message. The text message that just came in, and I'm changing my pick at number five.
0: Oh, I'm swapping yeah, I'll, I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it. I'll let you I'm do it, swapping I think
1: it. I Christmas Carol, the movie, is a bad pick. The book. Because sure. she over she overheard me. She overheard me, so she's exactly. making me go this route. It's not much of a change, Josh, but I'm going with the Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a bad pick.
1: A bad pick. <laughs> oh man, All right. All right. I'm going down we'll with go. the ship. <laughs> I'm going down with the ship. Hey, she said it. I said at this point I'm losing, so I might as well go with her pick. I'll go with The Muppets. Yeah, hey, well, man, my my mom's favorite movie is The Muppets. So if I send her this poll, she's going to vote in it because she loves The Muppets. So if I can tap in to The Muppets fan base out there, maybe they can reel this one in for me and help me pull off the upset. But I need to know what the two movies that you were thinking of, the ones that you thought I could have uh, closed out with that were well, so great I, that I, I didn't think I, of.
0: Yeah, well, well I, I think that Santa Claus is a good one. Um, I... I think I have to say, um, um, the Polar Express. Really like Polar, Polar Express. Express. Um, oh God! Uh, my, girl, my, girl, my, girlfriend <laughs> my girlfriend loves mom. Polar Express. Mostly the music, probably, but you know. Yeah. Well, it's because um, it's Josh Groban. I, I, exactly, like I, It's Josh Groban. That's her. Her favorite Christmas song is the Believe one, and objectively, that song goes hard, man song is hard um you know we also recently had a conversation about love actually um i don't know if i would have gone that route um and then there's um there's uh what's the the one that everyone called the 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 other classic one uh hang on yeah miracle on 34th street I couldn't remember the name because there's also – it happened on 5th. I always forget that. I always get those two confused. confused. I don't know why. I don't know why. I was thinking
1: Miracle. I was thinking Miracle on 34th for the classic. Yeah. But I figured I don't know because – I don't know. I don't know, man. You threw me off, man. I got screwed. I got so screwed on this list. (laughs) Oh, boy. You did it to yourself, man. Yeah, I really did. I boofed, I boofed up, man. Uh, <laughs> Boy. All right, so let's uh, let's recap uh, what our five are. I'll go first. I got Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, The Santa Claus, and the Muppets rendition of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so I had I had an Elf i had a christmas story
0: i had the nightmare before christmas how the grinch stole christmas and it's a wonderful life with just that the dagger at number five there's just I no way confident because you just never you just never know how people are gonna vote when blake no this
1: one i you, you literally take Twitter the one wo- but you take the one man an elf that again if you were to ask 100 people what their favorite Christmas movie is, I think Elf might be the most popular amongst the group. You then take the strong fan base that is nightmare before Christmas, and that is a strong fan base. And then you take the older crowd, the traditional old-fashioned Christmas crowd, and you just reel it in with the wonderful life, which like you said, is if you look up and I had to do this, I had to Google like best Christmas movies of all time just to make sure I wasn't forgetting any. A wonderful life, if it's not at number one on a lot of these lists, it's at like number two, three, four, so it's in the top five. So, oh boy, boy, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh boy, this was this was a bloodbath that I did not see coming. I was confident too. I was like, man, I- I'm gonna have a solid, <laughs> solid list. Hey, Josh, because the show is just going down a bad path. Let me just break the t- let me break the news to you right now from a non-Dodgers, non Dodgers, uh, non Christmas perspective, because why not at the way this place is going, but uh, Arizona State's new quarterback is none other than former Notre Dame quarterback, Drew Pine. What? What? Is it actually? <laughs> actually? <laughs> so wait, this show has just completely wait, gone wait, off the rails, wait, wait, and wait second, I'm man. taking L's left and right here, man. I lose Justin wait, Turner. No. I lose this draft. My quarterback oh, 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 next year at Ado- Ado- Arizona State's going to be Drew Pine. I don't know what... <laughs> no, 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 wait. No. No. It can't get any worse than this, Josh. So while you look up no. the news of Drew Pine, let me close things out. So if you guys would like to vote for who you thought had the better Christmas movies draft, you guys can find it on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. Go and vote in the poll and let, let me know how bad my draft was and how Josh just absolutely crushed it. You guys can also find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, inside the ravine listen to the show wherever you guys get your podcast we're on the odyssey app because we are brought to you as always by odyssey sports you can also listen to us on spotify and on apple music also on youtube as well josh were you able to uh confirm the report that i just sent your way oh it's because i'm
0: spelling pine wrong
1: (laughs) hold on hold on on, on, dude pine beautiful pine No. No. Uh, uh, no. 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 Hey, man, I, I do have some good news for you, though. I do have some good news for you. We have okay. Okay. the number that Noah Syndergaard will be wearing next season. Oh, the, the end, end it with some end Dodgers, Dodgers, news, Dodgers yeah. news, yeah. All right, so Noah Syndergaard, for those that out there that are curious, now this was actually causing some debate on Twitter because Noah Syndergaard throughout his entire career has worn number 34. But as you know, the Dodgers have this stupid rule where they just haven't retired Fernando's number, and it's up for grabs, but no one's actually worn it in 30 years. But Noah Syndergaard will be wearing numbers 3 and 4, but he's just going to uh, flip them and wear number uh, 43. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. So, hey, for those that want to go out and buy a Noah Syndergaard jersey, he's number 43. So, Josh, before we head out for the week, any uh, final words you'd like to share on... What you just did to me in this draft, or about the Dodgers as a whole?
0: Yeah, well, we'll wrap it up with uh, "Long Live Justin Turner, Red Turn, the Man." JD is going to have uh, fifty doubles this year. Uh, I, that's a prediction. I'm sticking. Uh, we'll go forty-one, forty-one doubles this year. Uh, Drew Pine uh, threw for eighty-five yards against Clemson, and um, and uh, and Blake. There's always next year, next year.
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas. Hey, Christmas. Happy hey man, let's just, let's just be in bull contention by November, and that's a uh, that's going to be a solid season. So that wraps up this episode of Inside the Ravine. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. We're overall, you know, all those social media apps that you guys consume, you can listen to the show wherever you guys get your podcast. So give us a review, give us a rating, subscribe, follow, do all that kind of fun stuff. And we got more episodes coming in the next few weeks, so make sure to stay tuned for that. For Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris from the Chateau. As I just still, I'm going to go and try to recover from this, Josh, because there's no coming back (laughs) from this. But watch A Wonderful Life. life. Yeah, I'm going to go watch A Wonderful Life and try to (laughs) feel encouraged and try to feel better about myself i might need to after this no dude the wonderful life is going to be like that movie where just moving forward in the future someone's just going to mention it and i'm just going to go into like a full-on freeze where i'm just going to like <laughs> tense up and just start like spazzing because i couldn't get it for the draft so a wonderful life is going to end me so as always thank you guys so much for listening we really do appreciate it and as always have a great rest of your day wherever you may be